This is the Rock God of Podcasting with Charles McFall. Hey, welcome back to my awesome show. I am Charles, and this is a question that I actually sent to Mike myself. I wanted to hear it back in his own words. But like, hey, Mike, remember this. We want, we want to do a show about this at some point. So, Mike, what's the question for today? All right, sir. Um, when it comes to uh, to life in general, what makes you emotional, man? What brings on the feels? <laughs> it's 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 I it's so strange to me what will do that it's the happy stuff the the joy comes in people succeeding you know when i can when my wife <laughs> she this is her phrase but when my wife rapes the store because she got <laughs> savings so good she got the deal she put in a ton of work to figure out man if this goes away i plan it to go i'm gonna get this much money back in gift cards and then we're rolling to this and rolling to that and all said and done we'll get and i'm making up a number now because i don't remember the actual numbers but we'll get like a thousand dollars worth of groceries for a hundred bucks if this you know and then when she pulls it off or even does better than that of course it's you just a joy i get from that just seeing her succeed at what she does well you know when my kids do well but when it comes to Man, I, I think it, I think it's uber joy when it comes to that that happiness that that makes you flow tears. It's something about when music and people and a message just come together perfectly when it just fits. I can tell you one of the moments that almost always and, and I think it's a happy cry. It's not like just a sad cry. It's, it's God, man. I, I grew up. Well, I watch so much TV, man. I watch so much TV and movies. If you haven't already figured out, a lot of my references are from what I learned on television or, or what I've seen and that kind of thing. But you will see everybody is probably more or less familiar with the artsy idea of seeing something, you know, painting so beautiful it just moves you and you cry. Or every time I hear this specific movement from this orchestra, I don't get that. I've never seen... Anything so beautiful made me want to cry. I've never heard uh, a particular song that moved me. But for me, those moments are just when the story and the music, and it's always music related, but when it just comes together so powerfully, and the first time I can really remember that happening, and I'm sure there's been other times in my life, but the first time I can consciously go, man, that's there's something that stirs deep inside of me. There's something that, that makes me break down and want to ball like a baby is in... The movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and The Temptations, The Fighting Temptations, The Fighting Temptations. And I love that movie for many, many different reasons. Just to me, it's just a good movie, period. I love music movies when they're done well. I I really do enjoy Cuba Gooding Jr. uh, and the stuff that I have chosen to see him in. I like uh, the music in the movie itself. But this whole thing is about this small town country choir, and he comes. He's a big time music producer, I think it was, and it, somebody dies. But in order, in order for him to get the money, he has to take on the choir, and be the choir director because whoever died, that was their thing, was the choir. They they loved it, and it's just this ragtag bunch of people, and he's trying to build stuff, and it's it's an interesting movie, and you should watch it. But there's these uh, lack of better words, there's these hoodlums, right, that that come in 
and they're all about rapping and this and that, and the other, which was totally anti whatever was going on with the choir and this and that and the other. And, and they're working on making it work. But the, the pivotal moment at the end of the movie, and, you know, there's not really a spoiler alert here because that movie is well over 10 years old. So, you know, you should have watched it by now. Or go, if you really have to, stop this podcast and go watch it. I don't care, whatever. But the pinnacle where they're at this choir competition and he's put together a show and it's starting to come together and they're doing the choir thing and the lights are going and the crowds into it and those guys come out and start rapping to the people singing at the same time so it's almost this mashup moment it i i was in the theater and i did i just started flowing tears it was just something so beautiful about that it's something deep inside me that that wants that moment that wants to to be there and i don't know what it is man i, I just don't know what it is it's just a brief moment of perfection for me because I'm in that moment. And that's not just watching it. I'm there. I'm one of the performers inside of, you know, I'm just part of that. And recently, most recently it has been in the pitch perfect movie or pitch perfect two. Rather we watched as a family and those are decent movies. They're fun. The music's fun. I love mashups. So I'm very much into, uh, not hugely into stuff like glee, but anything, when you do these singing groups in high schools and colleges, uh, acapella groups, they do tend to mash things up because they, or at least do flow throughs where it flows to the next song. And I, I guess it's a thing. I've never researched it, whatever. I, I know there's singing groups out there. I know there's competitions. Uh, and each of these movies, they've had, um, sing-offs if you will like underground club type of thing instead of a dance-off they have rules to the song and how the song's supposed to work and when it throws to the next team they have to do it a certain way or they lose right and then they lose face and there's something really really cool about that but again in pitch perfect 2 when it comes to this pivotal scene to the climax of the movie and air all the struggle they've had all the will they won't they what will happen you know all the stuff that makes for a decent movie happens and then they start pulling this thing off. There's just this moment of perfect harmony where the songs are working and the show is working. And it, it just, it, it breaks me down. It, it, it does. It breaks me down. The other way that works is and I've actually used this to illustrate to people. I actually got, I got a whole bunch of people to donate money one time because uh, back when the, the group I worked with Metron, was an actual church. It was called Church in the Now. And of course, like a church, they had a tithe offering or just, you know, offering and tithes, whatever. You know, they took up money. And it's before the, the sermon happens, right? And I got up and they had a good band, lots of talented musicians. And I actually had done a little bit of, of, I'd been doing sound and stuff with them and some work with them. So they were familiar with me a little bit. And I got up and I started saying, uh, uh, I was building, I built the speech off the top of my mind. And that's the thing. I'm really good at flowing right off the top of my mind. And five minutes before I got there, I was like, what am I going to talk about today? Because they asked me to the to get, basically you, you get up there and talk about something for a minute, two minutes. And then, you know, ask people to pass the offering plates and, and whatever. And like, what am I going to talk about? And I realized how we work together, how things work together is really what makes things happen. So I got up on the stage, nobody knowing what I was going to do, totally got up there 
and asked the, the pianist, said, hey, just play me something, something simple, something light. And they're like, okay. And they started kind of thinking on the thing. And I started my speech about, yeah, okay, so we know how music works, right? And this is okay. You know, he's by himself. He's just kind of, he didn't even know what I want. So he's just kind of trying to make it happen. And he's not even sure where I'm going to go with this. And I'm talking about how we give and how we hold on to money. And it's very success freaky. It was and it's recorded. I actually had this video on YouTube. It's on uh, YouTube.com. I think it's my old channel called uh, CKYMNSTR. I uh, just Googled Charles McFall YouTube, and you should be able to find stuff up there. But it's in the Church in the Now. I got three videos from Church in the Now up there. And this is one of them. And, I, I'm, and he's going along, and I'm talking. And I just remember being in this moment. And I'm making my point. I said, okay, now, bass player, you know, you're going to come in a little bit. And then he started adding in the guitars. And then as they came together, and I I could feel the moment happening around me. And even as they started coming together, they started getting a better picture and flowing off of each other. And the music got better. It went from a dinky little, I'm not sure what you want, line to playing something, jam session. It went to a jam session where I'm doing the spoken word shit over it, right? And it just built and like and this is what i'm talking about this is how we work together you see how they're coming together and pulling together and for whatever they stopped i'm like nobody told you to stop get your ass back and (laughs) of course the audience lost it and they play and i have no idea if it was it was a good tie they're offering or not i don't know if i motivated people but i got to what i wanted to have happen happen which is I still was the linchpin. They revolved around me and what I message I needed to get. But that whole blatant illustration of how we can work together through music, you know, music being the illustration there, it, it was one of my proudest moments. It was one of my Superman moments. It was a rock god of podcasting moment, absolutely, because it was I speechified really awesomely. I came up with an idea that I thought would work, and I produced it on the fucking fly while I did my thing. It still got the message out there and never, ever once made it about me. It was really all about the message I was trying to get out and what I was trying to get done, and I felt like it, it really came together. And that, man, those kind of moments have made me go, I'm worthy of an ego. We all are. You know, go listen to Success Freaks if you want more advice on that. You want questions about it. Yeah, there's going to be some Success Freaky stuff. I think we're all worthy to be proud of what we do. And I'm going to be very goddamn passionate about that. But I, I was very proud of what I was able to pull off. But, you, yeah, you'll get me. You will get me. If it's if it's a solid moment of – it can be live. It can be in a movie. It can be anything. But just a small moments of perfection where – I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's that they got what they were trying to get. Maybe it's just not the produced moment that. Yeah, it's supposed to make you feel something. Of course, it's a great produced moment in these movies. But I'm not a I'm not a crier at movies. I'm not a, a most emotionally involved all that much in in movies other than the thrill ride of it all and and just enjoying where the story's going to go. Maybe it's because these characters got what I've been seeking my entire life of that's you work and you work and you work and you've got this idea and the world just doesn't fucking see it. And maybe the people even around you just doesn't see it. They don't see what you can do and you know what you can do and you prove it to yourself. Maybe that's what those moments are, but it's, it's, those are the things that that will definitely give me the feels uh, all day long. And as was pointed out on a, semi-recent episode of success freaks 
is I live my life by feeling. You know, I really get a disconnect, and I call my partner out on Success Freaks about it going, dude, I got to say, I'm just being honest, calling it how I see it. Your advice today feels like somebody who's never been through the mud, or at least you're not in touch with yourself enough to be able to explain your experience. And it offended him. It, it didn't mean it to, but I knew it would. My intent, my intent was not to punch him in the face with it. My intent was I, 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 I have to say something. I feel this. I, I, I've got this disconnect. I, I just have to say it. And he did get a little mad at me, and he tried a little differently, and he came back with some stuff, but. Uh, he said, you know, Charles likes to feel, I, I do. If you can't, ex- we, that's, that's how we live our lives. Our God damn, man. If our lives were lived by logic, this world would be a peaceful place. It'd be Nirvana because logically speaking, you can go into McDonald's and you can order a hamburger and that person go, okay, you're going to pay me money and I will give you a hamburger. And if for some reason something goes wrong, you go, oh, something went wrong, but you know, logically they're going to fix it. They're going to take care of this. It will be okay. And sure enough, they go, oh, we're sorry. It went wrong here. We're going to take care of it. And I'm using this very metered bullshit monotone more or less to get that vision, that feeling of logic, right? If you could even feel logic, but that's not what happens, right? We go to McDonald's and we got all this other shit going on in our lives and we want our goddamn hamburger and they gave us a goddamn chicken nuggets and motherfuckers, I, you know, that's how we live. That's human beings. We are beings of feelings. So when I'm here to help you or when you're here to help me or just every connection you can make, it, I, oh my God, Mike, I, I cannot fucking tell you how many times mentally somebody's going, oh my God, success freaks, you help others be awesome? That's great. And you don't have that feeling of connection. And I know every single time it happens with Giant Size Team Up Network, it happens with uh, success, it's happened with other jobs that I have. It happens with fucking karaoke. You go, oh, that's so cool. And it's a mental thing. There's no connection. There's no weight. There's no anchor. It's whatever. Or when you have those those moments that you don't know exactly why you have the moment, but all of a sudden you start talking about something. And it, it happens to me quite often, actually, when I'm driving Lyft. Uh, invariably, somebody in that day will go, hey, so why'd you start driving Lyft? And I'm like, well, okay. I just wanted something that would help supplement my income. Oh, what do you do? I run a podcast network. I do. And because I understand the general public still at large doesn't really fully understand what podcast means. So, you know, I do a lot of radio work. I do a lot of talking and I needed something that would be flexible to let me do my shows and my work with the network and still get out anytime I want it and get work. You know, Hey, I'm sitting around. I want to go earn some money. And invariably they'll ask me what my shows are about. And one of my shows will click with them. Success freaks will click or the mashup show will click, click, I haven't launched this one yet. Ah, little secret. Cut that out. (laughs) But, you know, the different shows that I do will click. And the comic book one more often than not. And then they'll start asking me what stuff's going on. And in those moments when they really follow that rabbit trail, you find that moment of feeling that connects. And what do you think about Madman? Well, I kind of... You, you test it. You, oh, 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 yeah. And oh, yeah. And by the time you're done, it's like, oh, man, that was so awesome. That was a great ride, man. That, you know. We live by feelings. 
So if I can't express the way I felt during the situation, I don't believe you'll get the gravity of what I learned. If you don't get the gravity of what I learned, I don't feel like you will learn much from it. Anybody can read a book. A lot, there's a number of people in this world who can learn from reading a book. I'm one of those guys. I can pick up a book. I can read it. I can pretty much do not everything. I'm not talking about that, but I can put together a desk. You give me instructions, I'll put together the desk one time. And I can turn around and I can teach you how to put that together without instructions in a way that you'll understand and remember. That's how my mind works. I can do that. I can typically look at something that's a puzzle, like a desk that you have to put together without instructions, and I can figure it out. I'm one of those people. But experience of having somebody say, well, yeah, you can put together the desk that way, but here's a better way because I've had blah amount of years to do it. I can produce the fuck out of a show. I have proven time and time again with multiple nominations for podcast awards that I can produce the shit out of a show. However, I defer to Mike Woodard, who has tons of experience and focus on producing shows, making radio, doing radio, okay, making content for audio. You know, I don't want it to be, I would love to avoid that radio is a comparison. No, no, no. The idea is he has done this. He has much more experience, wider experience than I have. Does that mean I don't teach him anything? Of course not. I'm teaching him all kind of great stuff on new ways of editing, new ways of doing this, new ways. But I got to tell you, he's the showrunner of this show. I came up with the concept. I said, I want to do this show about my ego. The first fucking person I called was him going, this sounds stupid, right? This this whole, I'm the rock god, I'm the best, I'm the, and, and I, I, I believe it. God help me, I believe I'm, I am the best at what I do. I always strive to be great. And the reason I'm the best is because I help others be awesome. And no point do I come off going, You're, I'm better than you. No, because I'm the best at being me. You're the best at being you. And we can work together and make some awesome shit happen. That's how it happens. And so I called him up and said, hey, would that work? And he's like, oh, you know, I can see where you're going. I can see. Yeah, I polarized it. So I was like, cool. And I deferred to his producer standpoint. That's what I wanted from him. Not a friend who said, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. No, a producer. And he said, yeah. Then I went to a long-term friend who I knew would call bullshit for bullshit, who's known me for, holy crap, let's see, 22 years, something like that. We've known each other. Practically grew up together, met when he was 15 and I was 16. And I we've been through so much together. And he's the person in this world he's my 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 stopgap so if i go hey i'm thinking about doing such 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 and such he'll be he will either bring in logic or he'll he'll bring in experience he'll bring in something that either helps me move forward or tells me to shut the fuck up and when i brought in the idea of the show he got excited he's like, oh yeah you could do this and you could do that oh i can see thanks man that's what i needed so it's about feeling though you got to feel like it's the right thing to do for you that's you know i lost where i was going with all that while i was talking about uh, experience and this and that and the other and mind read oh okay okay okay. i got it back i got it back so we're talking i was talking about reading a book i'm sure you'll figure out a way to edit this so going back to there's people who can read stuff there's people who can teach it but when we feel something we learn it the most i can tell my children don't touch a hot stove. It'll burn you. Or 
But I don't mean touch the top of it. Yes, I'm telling them not to touch the top of it. It'll burn your flesh. Or I can let them touch something that's safe to touch, that's hot, that might hurt on a minor level. But they'll go, oh, shit, I get that. And yes, my kid's thinking, oh, shit, I get that. <laughs> I don't know if they think that or not. I think that. But I, can, I reinforce, see, that's hot. Step back. That's hot. So we let them see what hot is. We can let them see in a bathtub that it gets warmer. You start looking for those things because feelings matter. Feelings, I don't know what it is about feelings, but they concrete everything. And so, wait, man, what? there's just times, truth. Truth gives me the feels every time. And I don't mean like breakdown crying. I mean, it doesn't matter what your words necessarily are. So when I hear something that that rings true, whether I can understand it with my head, if I hear something that rings true, I feel something different. And then I reach out to people I trust. And I if they feel the same way or if we feel together, you know, it's... I'll, God, I know I'm harping on it, but I got to tell you, I feel like I'm in a goddamn world that has to think everything. That somehow the feels, I think, I personally thought the word, the term the feels is a mocking term. Sometimes it's not. A lot of geeks, I love that a lot of geeks have actually taken that. And maybe it started off as a good thing. I just felt like it started off as a negative mocking thing. Like geek used to be a, a negative term. Nerd used to be a slur. And I felt like the feels is, oh, look at them, they get the feels. And and actually, it was I felt like Ricky used it against me in Success Freaks. However, I turned it around the way I want to say, yeah, I do believe in the feels. I do love the feels. Because, God damn it, if you don't feel it, it ain't real. That's all I'm saying. So what gives me the feels? I went through a whole lot of stories, but truth, people, connection, and, and those moments of perfection.